0: to handle that cape for the last time. Return to Town 10th Year Anniversary Edition is a revised version of Andy N's first poetry book. The book can be purchased from Amazon and it contains numerous additional material. Spoken, Spoken Label Hi, it's Andy N from Spoken Label. Thank you today for streaming or downloading another episode of Spoken Label. Spoken Label was originally set up on Beginning in 2016, and as of speaking, has currently nearly 300 sessions. The full archive is available on spokenlabel, full stop, bandcamp.com. Although it is available for free for stream and download if you wish, I'm always grateful for any sort of kind of donation to enable me to keep the running costs of this podcast going. and Enjoy. Take care. Bye-bye. Spoken Label. Hi, guys. Andy N, and Spoken Label. Back in the house Wednesday evening. It's a bloody cold night out there as well for an October today as well. So to warm you up, we've got some great poetry. We've got a wonderful lady with me today as well. Now, I'm going to make her blush like fuck today, as so I'm swearing oh, already. <laughs> now, I've got the fantastic Isabel Birmingham's today as well. Now, I'm going to be... Frankie Elizabeth, I'm going to really make a What oh, no. We've met, we met you, well, I met you about a year ago, didn't I? Over yeah. On Nice Speakeasy. <laughs> yeah. And this is, shows you how alert I am with people sometimes. Because whenever, obviously people know it's come to our night in speak Speakeasy. I see somebody there that's not, I know for a fact, not read. I will go up to them, and talk to them and see if, see if they're enjoying the night. Oh, and, I did that Isabel last year. Yeah, you did. Not realizing what monster I'd unleashed on oh, the Symbolic no. circuit. But you regret it now. <laughs> now, obviously, as well. Before we come on to that, I've got plenty to talk about today, including your book as well. But obviously, tell people a little bit about yourself, yeah. so, first of all, then. Obviously who you are, where you come from, Yeah. and what started you off your creativity. So people will find mm-hmm. out this has you've been active for the past year, but it goes back before that. I know for a fact it was.
1: Yep. so I am. I'm, I say I'm a Mancunian poet. I am uh, originally from Manchester. Uh, not sure where my accent's from. Don't think anyone does. Um, no, I, it's, a, it's
0: a very distinctive accent. That's why. Isn't so.
1: it? It's a bit yeah. bizarre, but you know, we'll we'll. It's working for me, so I'll take it. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, I've been writing for about about ten years. Um, I think. I properly started uh, writing in my second year of uni and that kind of all coincided um, with a dip in my mental health. Um, And, yeah, so I I didn't really, I didn't do it on purpose and I wasn't a writer. I was studying sociology at the time. In fact, um, I'm severely dyslexic. Um, Oh, I I I I didn't know that. um, I didn't start reading till I was seven and no one oh. knew Oh wow. um yeah i was very sneaky about not being able to read is that um, is that
0: someone that runs in your family do you say it that is, sort of, it is
1: it is unfortunately
0: because yeah, i'm dis, i'm dyspraxic myself and like yeah i'm not, my mum is terribly dyspraxic but she never got diagnosed
1: no yeah the same goes for my mum so my mum's dyslexic uh my elder sister's dys- dyslexic my sister, they said she was and then she wasn't somehow. Like she's the only person that's ever beaten dyslexia. Um, so, yeah. So I basically I really struggled when it came to the rules and um, regulations of the English language. And I think um, my mum basically knew I was struggling. So she started buying poetry books and she yeah, said, yeah. well, because they were writing, I thought it would make it easier for you. Well... I was in love with poetry then because you know the rules weren't the same. You know, it was you, you basically got all the tools that you needed and made whatever you needed out of it, um, without probably the proper punctuation, which I still struggle oh, to this day. Um, I've been writing, you, you know, how so long I've been commerce.
0: writing, I'm useless for commas. 40 years of writing, I'm still oh, God, no, on I commerce. can't do it
1: yeah they're just they're either there or they're not and that that's that's their existence so yeah, um, yeah, of but yeah my mum said you know I'd been told all you know when I was a kid you know don't do English don't do um, anything that that requires a lot of writing um, and my mum was like but your command of the language is so much greater and basically um, what i think is anyone that's kind of struggled with their identity tends to search um you know the english language for different words and different metaphors to better explain themselves um so it becomes like a tool of community you know, it is a tool of communication but in a completely different way um so so yeah so it kind of started when i was at uni and my mental health was going down it was a bit the Poet skeptic at the time. Don't want to tell anyone that I was writing You, were, you, were a closet,
0: you mean you were a closet poet? really. I
1: hundred percent closet poet. You know, didn't want to tell. And really, till you know, up until standing standing up and and getting my work out there, I think people don't realize that how powerful poetry can be when it in terms of recovery um, and and that you know that sense of being heard um so yeah it kind of came became my way of being my own confidant when I didn't feel like I could tell people um the dark sides of what I was going through um and I just wasn't ready to talk about it um so it became kind of like a process that you know, I wasn't sleeping at the time, so, I, you know, I might as well, uh, you know, get get some words down. So it's really interesting, um, especially with the collection that we're about to talk about, because it does span back to 10 years ago. Oh, from wow. That writing. I
0: was wondering that. well. Someone says in a minute, so I, like, well, I want people to, first of all, to realise you, obviously, like, we'll talk back to you when you came to Speakeasy then, first of all. So I don't yeah. know how you found out about Speakeasy, actually. So that's something I don't know, because all I saw was this. And I don't want to say, I hate to use the word girl because you're not, you're a woman. You're very young. Okay, She we say young lady? Best it's because me. I'm five
1: foot two. It's, it's Oh, yeah. That's, I don't...
0: I, yeah, you're Amanda's height, aren't you? So, of course, my wife, yes. yeah. That's why. <laughs> I, I, people wondered. wondering, I was like, I came up to you speak easy. And I didn't know who you were. Oh, no. I saw was you shaking at the back and I thought, I'm to yes. say something. Because I ter- uh, this poor lady's terrified. Uh,
1: was, that, was, that, was, that,
0: was that the first night you'd ever been to them, was it, last year? When you began so, I think
1: I'd... And it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because different mm. places in the UK, the scene isn't as predominant as it is in Manchester. You
0: no, know, it's really. Um, you're definitely right. Manchester, at the moment, is going through. It goes to phases, I think. And I've seen a yeah. couple of them, and got a really vibrant phase yeah. at the moment.
1: So so good at the moment. And I think when I was at uni, so I was like, uh, went to uni, at Nottingham. There was no scene whatsoever. And if it was a scene, it was like you had to travel four four miles out on Ooh. a bus to a pub that, you know, and it was just really bizarre. And I'd sit in the back with my notebook <laughs> and, you know, tell myself that I'm going to go and stand up and do it. Well, it must have been 10 years after that. Oh, I it. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And I think it was last year and I was having a really hard time. And I think a lot of people started suffering um, after the pandemic of like, what is life right now? Um, and I was, yeah, and there's a real slump. And I kind of just had this epiphany that I hadn't been concentrating on the things that I enjoy and the things that I like and the things that make me feel good about myself. Um, and I was, you know, really a bit of a shell of who I was, as you saw so, um, and I yeah. just thought I need to do this, I want to do this, I've been wanting to do this for ages I've got a few new poems um, that I've written and you know I'm, I'm ready and let's do this so, yeah, I turned up, didn't say anything. <laughs> and then I think it was the second, maybe the second or the third time I went to speak. to you. the
0: third it was because you came yeah. up to me. I got your name off your second time. You wouldn't even tell me your name in the first oh, time you yeah. came. I
1: was like, it's okay. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I'm convinced you probably thought I was I was trying to hatch on to like, like, whatever it is, move, make a move on you. I'm not even that way. Clyde. Oh,
1: no, no, <laughs> no. I know. I think I was just, I was so um, in a place where my social anxiety was crazy and it's weird isn't it because you know a lot of poets we're all these shivering anxious uh you know neurotics that all turn up into one room don't want to talk to each other sit there in silence for two hours and it's a you know incredibly healing process um and it's yeah it's you kind of get then you you automatically feel like people are listening for once. Oh, yeah. people have got, you know, they're listening to people's problems that you don't hear of every day, that people are too scared of saying, and some people in the audience might be too scared to say what they're going through, but there's someone on stage that's saying it for them. And I just think it was the most, it was the safest place for me to... Yeah. To get better, I think.
0: No, I think it does. It's a massive curing process. I, I don't write a lot of the therapy problems I used to as was younger, but mm. certainly like, I'm more, probably more because I'm clever at hiding, hiding it nowadays in my work. But yeah, you're right. It's, you need it sometimes yeah. to get it out, definitely. And it's like your first time last year with me was a real moment. And I've seen it, it's confidence just build. You've gone like whoosh, like that incredibly quickly from like two times or You were oh. actually physically shaking on your first time. And like, it, oh, it was, God, yeah. if people see you nowadays, you go on that stage and you absolutely own it. There's no two ways about say it. say that
1: and I, yeah. I'm like, can't believe. It's interesting because I think for very self-conscious people, when you get on that stage, you you, you don't know what you're technically doing. Um, no. It so, took me.
0: It took me probably five years to get rid of the imposter syndrome of myself. Yeah. And I've been reading 15 years now, so I've been there a long time. Yeah. You do it. It's not so much takes time to get used to it really doesn't it It
1: does and I think some I mean even sometimes um I think it was the on on Monday having a terrible day I was having a terrible day I must have fluffed it twice and you know the the atmosphere is so loving and so caring you know people came up and said that was an amazing piece and I'd go you know I fluffed it and they go doesn't matter it was a great piece you know congratulations and you know it was you know it's not a pity party these places, you know, it's oh, it's no, a genuine know. no genuine, genuine place. love. There's
0: so many nights you've had, and we're not gonna go on um obviously praising all the nights you're right, but there's so many good nights in Manchester. I and mean, yeah. like I know, for example, this week, for example, we're gonna admit this now. I know you were up with a boat on Monday night and you yeah. were over in Bolton on Tuesday night.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. like
0: it's and you're with me on a Wednesday night, you've probably got something else lined up Thursday and Friday now, probably as well.
1: I'm at switchblade on Sunday. <laughs> oh. I know. I I know. Ooh, I'm addicted. Wow. I'm officially addicted. This is, you know, some people, you know, have have certain things that they do. Some people oh, yeah. <laughs> have yeah. baths. Some oh, people yeah. drink wine this is my addiction and oh,
0: so yeah. safe for me, in a way, because like, obviously like, I'm not doing anything else this week after this, but I've got a podcast on Sunday night with um, a novelist, actually, I've got to send you a link over to her as well, because oh, she's yeah. a very, very interesting novelist from York uh-huh. who wrote quite a, 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 literally a split book about mental health, and that's fascinating. And then... Mm. Tuesday night, oh, no. I've taken to speak to somebody, uh, yeah, that's it. No, that's Sunday night actually. Sunday night, I've been to a ghost hunter on a Sunday night, spoken label. Oh, I've got okay. three in a week this week, but it's not my oh, like wow. that.
1: Then that on Tuesday night, yeah, then
0: it's Wednesday something night,
1: quite wholesome, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's Just comes in spasms. With. I tried to do one a week for everybody. People wondering, this week's gonna be four because I'm meeting an Australian wow. poet on tour on Wednesday night. Oh,
1: fantastic opportunity, and we're not, garden, so, yeah
0: resistance, and then speak easy yeah. at first So, And I need to speak to you about that afterwards as well. But anyway, oh, we'll come yeah. on to that in the breaks i I forgot to ask you. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> Anyway, right, anyway, listen, we better move on because I want, I want people to tell you about your book now, obviously. Yes. Now, yes. obviously, first of all, obviously, your book is called Pandora's Ruin. Yes. Now, you've said a hint already, some of these pieces have gone back 10 years. Mm. Has this book always been there for 10 years, has it, or has it just come together more recently?
1: So I, I would say this is this has definitely been up until I submitted it, which was in January. Hmm. Um, So I've got work in there from last year. I've got work in there since December. I've got work in there since uh, 10 years ago. And it's, it's interesting because everything about it changes. You can tell that it's me um mm. But it really, even the writing takes you on the journey. So the start, you can definitely see there's elements in some of the, the kind of shorter poems that I've written. That is literally because my attention span at the time was so bad. I'm um, bad. Oh wow, wow! Yeah. So,
0: so I'll take it then with your poetry because obviously we're going to do a deep dive in the book anyway. So I've got it mm. in front of me here. Like it's, um, I myself, I certainly know you mean that. I've gone the other way the poets. I used to write really long poems. Mine um, uh, nowadays, most ones I'm writing haikus. I've gone, yeah. <laughs> I've really gone really minimal. So that's not, yeah, yeah. Now obviously, I think it's want- like
1: whatever you, you mm. used to do. You you kind yeah. of fall in love with the other side, don't you? Yeah.
0: Now obviously, you've. Set, I've got a book with me, but we want to talk about specifically about four pieces in your book, and like, so we'll go through them in order. And obviously, I really enjoy yeah. Cuckoo, which is the first piece we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. and I found it interesting I was like, this is people who look at your collection, they will see this is a second piece in the book, and yeah. I was right in thinking your first piece, Understand Me, would you regard that as like a prologue leading into the first piece, Cuckoo in the book?
1: Well, yeah, so this is, I think, uh, Understand Me, it's interesting because I wrote that, didn't write that ten years ago, I must have written that about five years ago, um, And that was about around the time that I was coming out of hospital. Mm. And I'd basically got to this this point where I was just fed up of being lonely. And the only reason that I'd been lonely is because I'd made myself lonely. I'd isolated myself and I thought, you know, I don't want anyone to get close. And then when you feel, when you get to that point where you are in the depths of darkness and you're alone, you really do want someone to be yeah. there.
0: Yeah, you um, do it. You do. And it. it's almost like it's you want it too much sometimes, I think.
1: Yeah. Um, and this is it, a
0: really hard hitting point this one actually, as well.
1: Yeah, I think it's um it's quite I think a lot of my work's quite raw and it doesn't seem if you'd picked it apart that it would be. But I think you can really sense the way that I write things is this this desperation almost. Um, and, it, and that really was it you know this was my kind of way of tackling an unruly mind um and I was doing it on my own not that you have to do it on your own um and that's kind of the lesson in this book is that yeah
0: I think we need to stay obviously before we carry on but I think obviously what you're saying basically is poetry people are wondering they think it's a solitary business nowadays it's not
1: no and this no. is this
0: is a piece I mean where you wrote before you discover that probably and that's why I think it's probably twice as hard Heavy hitting, really.
1: Exactly. And I think um, the joys of the book is that it kind of, there's a lot of to and froing and it seems quite um, like there's cycles going on um, throughout it. So, you know, understand me. It's all about, you know, please understand me, please understand me. And then it's like, don't come any closer. Um, And I think this is, this idea of my book being something to do with mental illness I think it's more to do with the processes of recovery afterwards. (coughs) So the way that we see ourselves is, you know, completely different, Um, um, especially after illness as it is before illness. And, um, you know, I always believed that I should hide all of the weaknesses that I had. And a lot of the issues that I suffered from were me putting it on myself, you know? All this yeah. stigma wasn't necessarily about the people that were surrounding me. It was these internal voices um, that, that kind of perpetuated this loneliness and, well, in turn, made me into a writer. Um, and, it, yeah, so it kind of became a tool. And I think it's interesting because, to me, it is like Pandora's box in the sense of I shoved everything down, into writing and I squirreled it away and it wasn't supposed to be let out. This was never supposed to be seen. Um, So the fact that, you know, this whole process of standing up, talking about it, talking about, um, you know, things that I've been through that no one else talks about, I think is, you know, it's, it's a part of the problem as to why people don't want to talk about it is there is no narrative out there. And I don't mean like we should sugarcoat everything and go, oh, well, you know, this cures it all. And, and the answer is, is that these processes are so, so difficult. Um, and it's just incredibly important that you find your own way through it. But also that I think, again, I realised that my writing only pe- became therapeutic when I started sharing it. You know, it was almost Definitely. a dirty secret before, but now it's yeah, out no. and that's the therapy. The therapy of it.
0: Yeah, I've got to ask you. Obviously, people are wondering. Obviously, we talked about Pandora's box. Where did the, why did you come up with the title yeah. of Pandora's ruin? There.
1: So, for middle name, Pandora. Uh, <laughs> secondly, ruin because I um, I'm a big uh, I studied sociology, mm. at university and big lover of sociologists. Um, a lot of the work that I enjoyed was about identity creation, and also ruined identities. Right, I um, get it.
0: I get it. I get it now. Yeah, yeah. that explains why, why. So yeah.
1: So there's a guy called Irving Goffman, and um, a lot, even if he did um, social uh, d- social work and things like that, he comes up and it's about he does things about institutionalization, and he also does things about stigma, and it tends to be stigma of sickness
0: right um, right right yes
1: yeah. and it's this basically you kicked out of society because you can't function the way that everyone else does
0: mm. and yeah, so
1: yeah. we kind of harbor this idea that we have a ruined identity and we have to then live on the outskirts of society knowing that we have this label on us um that's kind of imprinted and I think this idea that you know, people go, oh, you know, there's a, there's a stigma out there. And as much as it's, you know, we have come so far um, in terms of mental, uh, mental illness, in terms of disability, um, we are still stuck within narratives that are like asylums. And, you know, as much as, you know, part of my book is about being um, in hospital and being in a psychiatric unit and uh, receiving electroconvulsive therapy, um, to me, the, the point of me bringing that into a conversation is because it's not in the conversation. Um, and it's not to, it's not really me going this is a naughty treatment or this is a good treatment or because I, I genuinely believe you know people work differently, people have different types of treatments that work for them in different ways. Um, but to me, there should be a place where people feel okay, to have taken that option yeah yeah of course
0: of course and there's just nothing
1: out there there's literally you can google it you can you know there's there's hardly any interviews there's hardly any literature there's hardly it's bizarre like people just and unfortunately part of it is because people that do receive ect tend to stay within these institutions
0: um second point, we also want to talk about particularly in this book is the land now this Mm. is quite a different one this because there's obviously, I could see from reading this piece back before, there's a number of layers in this. I've got a mythical layer on this, but there's, it says to me that, so there's a cleansing issue in this piece straight away. So, mm. but I am probably a bit of a combo of both. So tell us about the London, your second piece that we want to talk about.
1: Interestingly, I remember saying this piece, and I think it was at that Stockport Gallery.
0: Oh, what well, you it? it earlier, Yeah, a while ago, and I wasn't.
1: remember you emailing saying, I really enjoyed that piece it was very different from what you usually read and I've always had like um. It, it's one of my older ones probably 10 years old and I think it's more poignant now because it was almost a way of it was me kind of exploring that I had you know I felt like I didn't have any I was very dependent and I didn't know how my life was going to turn out. And I was really worried and scared. And it was really just uh, me kind of being like, it's going to be all right. You've got this. Um, And the kind of the, the, yeah, the way that I wrote it was really through imagery. Like, I think Mm. I started with an image first of swimming out and that horrible feeling, you know, when you're swimming away from the shore and you're like, oh gosh, is it going to get choppy? You know, I'm not going to, not going to do very well here. And, and yeah, and I think, and and it also combines a few, I always have used to have nightmares of going underwater or, you know, being trapped and uncomfortable. And, and so I kind of, it was my way of breaking down those, those fears of dependence and, uh, um, yeah th- the these these fears that i had but didn't need to have i didn't need to think about them all the time i didn't you know need to worry if i was going to have a house or a job or i was at uni so yeah it was definitely a process uh, a mind process um with that one but i do yeah i really enjoyed that because it's a quite a different pace i think than the other yeah yeah it's, like it's serene it's a bit bits sp- not spooky but it's yeah there's,
0: an, old, there's an undercurrent like pieces and I've got a piece like that I've just wrote myself and it's what you've done and it works really well for you is like you don't tell everybody exactly what's going on and mm. I'm always a believer in sometimes holding things back in pieces make you yeah. need to work for it and that piece really does work well that one because that I picked up I wasn't sure what was going on but I knew there was an issue you're trying you're trying to deprocess it I mean that's a good word for it no excellent Excellent. Now, uh, the third one I want to talk about, you're going to, to tell me the title is, because my dyspraxia is kicking in here. Is this laxidasal head? Have I got that right? Oh, it's all right.
1: Laxadaisical head, yeah. I know.
0: Oh, I'm, I'm glad I don't drink nowadays. If i have been drinking, drinking forever, that title out, I'd I dread to think what I would have said.
1: <laughs> it's fine. Don't worry. You know what? It's because I absolutely love, absolutely love the word laxadaisical. And for years, I've had it in the back of my, like, every notebook of how I'm going to fit this this word in because I will. <laughs> I knew this. And I and realize why are you trying to rhyme the actual word laxadaisical?
0: Like, <laughs> oh it's I, I know like, I know yeah. you I know you rhyme a lot more than I do because I'm shit yeah. at rhyming. But do you find there's some words like an absolute nightmares, aren't yeah. you? You yeah. want to use them. You can't use yeah oh. you can't use them. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well this one's this one's that but I just Yeah, I think a lot of, I think a lot of poets, I think a lot of writers, you know, their love for English language, when you pick up on different, like, etymologies of words, it can be, it can be just something that you hear and then you write down, you know, I've got to use that now. And I think, uh, lackadaisical, so it's like, a bit, like, whimsical, laid-back, kind of, ditzy, kind of, essence, lackadaisical, um, Yeah, so that L'Axadaisical Head is actually, it's quite a dark poem there, and it actually goes through um, a lot of mythology. There's things like um, the Charons, um, kissing the Charon for trade, um, going down the the river. And basically, a lot of my work kind of plays upon... um, these ideas of good and evil and uh, these binaries that I, I never fit within. And so I always uh, tend to question them in my work. And it's like, you know, why not? If I, if you're telling me that I'm this, you know, bad person, I'm on the outskirts of the earth, then I'm going to enjoy my time here. Um, and, and that's, uh, the, I think, one of the lines in it is, you know, the gate, it's not the gate of heaven, it is the gate of hell. And it says, come as you are. And I think it's this element that heaven is not, you know, was never given to you as, you know, as you are, you have to be your best. You have to do all these things. You have to tick all the boxes. And and actually it, you know those who are on the can't fit the bill end up thinking, oh God, great, I'm gonna go go to hell now. And actually I'm going, well, if that's where all the creatives are, then I think it's that's where I need to be. Um, but yeah, no, quite a few of my poems do that kind of um, binary check, um, which I think people find, oh, you know, you think you 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 followed by the devil or you know all these types of thing, and it's it's not about that. It's just saying how rigid these rules that we've been following are, when yeah. actually, you know. Take the yeah. boat ride.
0: <laughs> I think that's a great way of putting it. It leads, I think, mean, really well into your last piece that i want to talk about as well. The title poem, actually, yeah, which I think is, I think it's probably the long, it's not the longest poem in the collection, it's probably one of them Pandora's yeah. Ruin.
1: It is now, quite epic, that
0: one. It's a real epic one, that one as well. So, okay, I'm going to just let you talk about that one. Tell us about where this one came from, then,
1: right? So, this is actually the last poem i wrote for this book ah
0: right i'm um, wondering i'm wondering that because like it's i know the books i've done some number of years i sometimes say the title piece to be wrote last yeah I, even i might set the title out early on yeah, yeah so and was it obviously because of the length of it because it is a very basis one yeah was it quite a difficult piece for you to write this one was it
1: well actually a complete the thing is, is a lot of people go oh what's your process you know as if there is just one process and I'm like, no, I have for different poems. It takes completely different, um, completely different. depends on what kind of um, thing I'm talking about, whether it's dark, whether it's light. Um, For this one, I think it took me about a month in total. But my process (laughs) consists of um, don't, Tell the DVLA when I walk, when I when I drive to work is in the morning. My mind is on it, you know. And if I usually give myself a prompt and whatever comes to my head, verses, prose, whatever, I will scribble down either on a receipt by the side of me or on my hand. Um, I then collect these little pros and verses for about a month. Um, and then I compile them on my computer. Uh so it's an absolute nightmare. Like where like where I live is just covered in pieces. What do you do? Do you have do you
0: have do you have them all like nailed in your wall? Do you or I take No, it's also? even
1: worse than that. It's just piles oh. underneath like <laughs> cigarette pa- old cigarette packets and oh, uh man. and like cereal bar wrap. It's just yeah, it's
0: Organized.
1: A single woman's life, that's what that is. <laughs> um, oh my God. Really just.
0: So mm, tell us about how this book has developed through, ben, through joining no. Bent Key. Then.
1: So, I mean, it's really interesting because, I mean, I didn't realize that Bent Key was such a baby uh, when I'd submitted mm-hmm. my work. I just didn't know. I just, because it was, at, you know, she launched it so well. Um, You know, I thought it'd been going for years. Um, And so, and yeah, it literally had started in that January, which I I didn't realise. So I'd sent off my work to uh, Benke, Becca Kenny. And I think it was a couple of months after that. And she basically turned around and gave me the thumbs up. And I think I sent an email that was like, This is the best thing that's ever happened to me in my entire life. Thank you for, you know, taking the time to read my work. I'm so excited. Um, So, yeah, so I was just couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it at all I think I you know when you get to that point where you're like I don't think anyone's listening when you're submitting your work
0: <laughs> oh god yeah, yeah completely no completely like it was obviously it's a, it's a fantastic looking book I see the pdf straight away with it. yeah well, did you did you find that you did, did Rebecca give you a lot of like support during the creation of the book or anything
1: yeah so um I mean obviously Benke kind of prides itself on working with people with neurodiversity, people with dyslexia, people with autism or Asperger's. Um, And so she really does take the time um, to kind of get to know your process and really get to understand your work before she gets back to you on things. and, uh, you know, the amount of absolute, you know, she is doing everything in that um, publishing company. And it's absolutely incredible. Yeah. So she she really it is like going through a funnel. So, um, you know, she talks, you know, have a sit down with you to talk about what you want with it and how you want everything to go. She's very much about, you know, making sure you've got you keep the rights to your own work, um, that you're getting a good deal and like some other publishers that tend to you know rinse you um yeah, I, mean, I know i know a few <laughs> i think and the front cover process is absolutely incredible i mean that is really down to uh the graphic designer named sam and she does the covers and she has her own company called smash designs absolutely like the most intuitive human i think i've ever work with so she was like give me a pin board on 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 uh uh, on pinterest and i will come to you with three ideas and i'll have a look at your manuscript well i couldn't pick (laughs) (laughs) i was like oh my gosh like literally and it wasn't you know it's not when you you kind of have oh this is what i want like you've kind of already got your mind set on what you want and then you didn't realise this is actually what you wanted. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is absolutely incredible. Some of the the details that she's put in and um, especially, you know, because, I, you know, a lot of my work's got mythology, um, symbolism in it, and um, I have it here.
0: Yeah. Now, people who are obviously watch it and videotape, they'll see that's the book itself. Yeah. I've got I've got the PDF in front of me, and it's brilliant and print out, but I've got a violet book yeah. And particularly yeah. after, I've, yeah, I'm well looking forward to getting the card copy of it as well. So it's genial. oh,
1: it's just it is yeah. such a beautiful, beautiful. Um, is I think I mean I I think it's like an art piece if I'm honest, and I'm I'm going to say that. <laughs> um, yeah.
0: But I mean, Go all ahead.
1: the designs of of Ben all of uh, Sam's designs are just. You know, you can't yeah, help no. but want to pick them up. It's like being in a candy shop when you look them.
0: <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Okay, now, a couple of things I want to wrap up on, I obviously do. So obviously I want to spend some time You like to do your pieces in the second mm. half. Now, I always like to wrap up two points on this now. One, obviously, the first book's done now. So where do you, do you envisage your creativity going next? Because I know you've been doing some videos, haven't you, as well on yes. YouTube?
1: Yes. So I do, I've always loved doing my videos um and it's interesting because a lot of that kind of work works around um like narratives so I used to say you know when I was when when you feel a bit different and you're younger and um I really went into film and I found you know all these kind of quirky maybe bit macabre bit depressed young women in French movies and and that gave me you know um that gave me a place, gave me a position, gave me, you know, confidence that that I'm more right being this way. Um, And yet now I think um, after I come out of hospital, after the ECT treatment, you know, I really struggled to find any narratives. Um, And I really do like visual, the visual elements of things as well. Um, so I started creating them. <laughs> so, um, you know, some of the, the, the videos that I'm doing, you know, they're quite dark. A lot of the imagery is quite dark. Sort of the, um, I, I like to use editing kind of William S. Burroughs snipping um, style um, to kind of create this kind of chaotic layered effect that kind of goes with the music and also uh, the spoken word on top of it. Uh, but yeah, no. I've just had um, one of my videos screened last week at Festival Pivera, which is um, just a small arts festival in in Manchester. But I was like, oh, life complete. Really? <laughs> do you think is that the direction you want to go into more? Then do you... I do. I mean, I'm a I, I am a big um, creative person, and I'm a big. Um, mm. As uh, she says, I'm currently covered in um, expanding foam. I'm not
0: asking. I'm not don't, asking.
1: <laughs> don't, don't not wear gloves when you use that. Um, it's literally for the last hour. I've been trying to get this off my hands. Um, but yeah, so I use. I like to use clay. I like to paint. I like to. I think I, I, I concentrated on painting a lot more um, before I started doing my writing more mm. seriously. Um, I'm not a very good painter, I'm not gonna lie. Um, but I enjoy it.
0: <laughs> I will I will say something, mind you, like about that. It's like I've done paint over the years, i uh average to crap at it to put it nicely. But I'm always a firm believer when you master one art form, yeah, it's easier sometimes to master a second and oh, a third yeah. and a fourth. And that's yeah, like I've that got the freedom. figures, I've got it's that freedom, it seems to connect something out of your brain. That's yeah. why, so I, so I knew about you in the videos and you're doing the paintings, like, you will do it. So what you want to do next anyway, so I always yeah. say I'll so. probably
1: I'm going to stay being, probably a phlebotomist.
0: <laughs> <laughs> probably, right. <laughs> I'll Weird. probably be i I'll probably have a gobshite on this ob- obscure podcast channel. Exactly,
1: well, there you go. That's all right. As long so. as you get to do whatever makes yeah. exactly what you happy,
0: doesn't matter how we do it. Yeah, I mean, I think and I know. Last time I saw you, saw you in person last week, and I was winding you up between between your piece, saying, "Tell us a joke, Isabel," and you went, "Did it?" So you might be, we might have a stand up comic version. You could up next, anyway. Yeah,
1: you? I did my monkey
0: one. It was a great. Book. <laughs> it was a great joke. We're getting my, my to out another day. So yeah, now obviously, we I want to get some pieces done off you now. So to give you the hard sell now.
1: Yeah.
0: Where can people find your book, first of all?
1: Okie dokie. So you can find my book on Benke Publishing online. You can also find it on Waterstones online. And if you are uh, in the Manchester area, you can find it at Home Manchester.
0: Oh, you're right well. there as well, can you? Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant, Which man. is
1: very exciting for well, me well anyway, because I'm a cinema lover.
0: Oh, me too as well. Don't get, don't get to see as I'd like to now. Mm. Oh, brilliant. Well done with that, so... And if people want to find out more about you as a person online, yeah. where do you recommend they go? Uh,
1: I would direct you straight to my Instagram, probably first. Um, so it's Isabel P Byrne, and underneath that there should be a link tree. You can go on my YouTube channel, where you can see all my videos on Banky Online. There's some interviews. Um, and I'm going to be popping up uh some other works coming up soon. Um with I've done a I've just done a piece for mind blog online.
0: Ooh. So well done, brilliant. Okay, look forward to seeing that definitely mm-hmm. so right. Anyway, we better wrap up this point I want to get you onto your poems up yeah, no because we'll be here all night. So I know. Tremendous as well. Well, thank you again. And we'll thank see you. You. hang around, everybody. We'll see you all in two. Minutes. Spoken, oh. Yes. And the end. Wonderful, Isabel Byrne. Straight over to Isabel. She's gone to do three pieces for us from my book. Over to you, Isabel.
1: So the first one I'm going to do is called Cuckoo. I'm no lead in this story. I'm just like all the rest. I'm just another cuckoo that can't quite clear the nest. I struggle just being a social contender. My soul is lost, time to return to sender. Drawn to the darkness, hoping it will validate my faulty heart, not realizing it was my mind that needed to restart. I wasn't sure I wanted to be alive, but my pride is fed with the need to survive. I may have set myself on fire, romanticizing the flowers on my pyre, that each green laurel leaf I would earn was a sign of all the things I could never learn. All I knew was I had too much rock to burn. And the devil was my only friend. Each fatal plan he would lend. All the loved one's rules I did bend. Left with no call for help or flare to send. And so I accepted each tool to mend. The mind that was no longer mine. Praying to the devil just for a sign. I controlled every part of my life so much. My reality of reality was completely out of touch. And the chips in my marble body were all a mistake. That this person I had carved was just another fake. Staring from the inside at our fragmented land. Watching it slowly seep into the earth like sand. All that had meaning no longer did. And just like the sand under my feet, I slid. I didn't know where I wanted to be. Just that it wasn't here. That being left home alone became my greatest fear. And I was getting too tired. Too tired to get it right. But couldn't afford to get it wrong. So I held on with all my might and i'm such a good cheat no one realized i had lost or that i kept my mouth shut not realizing the cost i handed over tightly gripped reins hoping the flames hadn't left a stain i needed help and they agreed i did too and so the and so to solve the unanswerable the impossible would do and not even they know how the electricity saves the special few hoping the ions would positively ionize me all the way through and they threw the kitchen sink in, not mentioning the toaster too. And now my hair is on end and I think I forgot how to chew. Am I a magician or just another fool? This treatment seems to be so insidiously cruel. To strap me down and shock me surely isn't a rule. And this was the room I entered with pure lunacy, where somehow I'd agreed to be shocked with electricity because I didn't fit within the acceptability of society. And I wanted nothing more than not to feel that inner shredder anymore. So I walked toward the sign that read ECT above the door. And so they turned the lights on up inside my head. They even checked if anyone was at home, alive or dead. But when I woke, the world became just a sea of static. My head and dread ceased to be overly erratic. And now I'm alone, floating in the sea of static. I'm alive without reason or needing to know. And although my memory is now a little touch and go, they saved my mind in exchange for my soul. But what's the mind with no soul at all?
0: Fantastic, what a start, wow. But well, you've actually exhausted me, listening to that one is more beautiful, great, great piece. So like I said that now we're going to move on. I want to. I would like to move on something a bit lighter now, but we're not really, are yeah. we? So.
1: <laughs> this one's a bit light. Okay, bit light.
0: over to you for number two, my friend.
1: This is called The Land. I swam from the land out and out into the sea. As I turned around, it had sunk far beneath me. I did not need this land, just the security it brought. It let me swim without worry. Now every kick is heavy with thought. And the the waves let my body, and as I begin to slow, the thought of that land and the familiar does grow. The more I think, the more I drown. Filled to the top with sand, all in the hope of finding that sweet piece of land. And as I sink down, down, down into the ambiguous abyss, I search the seabed for that land of happiness. I soon find that I still have the strength to swim. I always did, but sometimes the brain is the weakest limb, the limb that can make your whole body lame. Look to the past, the land, there's something to blame, but I will continue to swim and empty my pockets of sand. And with this, I shall build. My
0: own piece of land. Brilliant. I do, re- I do really, really like that piece, Isabel. I know we've harked on about it already a few times today, but it's fantastic. Brilliant, brilliant stuff again. We've lost you here in the picture. there. Hey, I've lost you in a second on the picture. find so. <laughs> out, fantastic piece. So, I know. You know what it is? The emotion you put out in your work obviously you crashed to yep, zoom then so. for a second. So. <laughs> Right, okey-dokey, right, well, I want you to go straight into no. your finale now, don't we? So, as I always say, spoken label, well, the big finale. Yeah. Over
1: to you. Okey-dokey, so this one is called Lackadaisical Head. Who's going to save her when she's already dead? Two braids wrapped around her laxadaisical head. Paint-dipped sleeves hold onto your sawdust hands under shady trees and shaky lands. She stares up into the twinkling between the green, wondering if she'll remember what she's seen, or when, or what it even means. Some get to be the trunk while the rest are just leaves, unless she is to deceive with the mighty web she weaves. And her tongue is out, ready to catch the tears, big glazed eyes fit for does and dears. Tears fill her half-empty glass, one moment she's down, the next it's pest. Looking up through clouded eyes, she tells herself that love always dies. She's electric, every touch a shock, jump the fence and try the lock, unfazed and crazed inside her own maze. Sadness, just a haze that she blazes away, hoping to be asked to stay. And she's just washed up goods, fighting to find herself amongst the woods. Let the blossom fall from the branches so tall, hunting that rustling call. She's just washed up goods, keeps drifting on down. The boatman has been paid. She paid Sharon with kisses as trade, floating along in a wooden coffin she'd made. At the bow of the boat, the boatman stood, drifting down the river just as Ophelia did, meeting her fate and finally meets King Id. So drift, drift like the blossom and leaves down the midnight river into stormy seas. So she drifts, drifting on by, ready to meet her fate. Come as you are, written above the gate.
0: I love the ending of that piece. Really, really, really evocative, that one. Fantastic as well. Yeah,
1: people really like that one.
0: Yes. Yeah, uh, I always believe with poetry, it's, it's, it sounds as much as the words sometimes. There's it's, it's a beautiful sound in the end of that piece. And it's really quite floated, Yeah, it's
1: if that's the right different. Yeah, it is. No
0: fantastic anyway right anyway we're going to wrap up shop anyway now because I've got a few things to go with Isabel we'll go through Isabel next anyway so and she mm-hmm. will be appearing on the top of the label special as well so we should be mm. is it before or after it you'll see you'll see her anyway so yeah. anyhow listen Isabel it's a pleasure as always and thank you again for today
1: absolute pleasure thank you so much
0: we'll see you all soon take care guys and girls Andy and Isabel and signing out
1: mate.